Welcome to episode 77 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 77 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm all good, thank you. And you? You're all ready to go on your bike, aren't you? Ready to go on the bike again, oh. back in training. Back in training, back for road. Um, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For all your coffee needs. Athlinks.com For all your social needs. And trybuys.com For all, everything else. Everything else. <laughs> everything everything else. you ever need to buy. All your needs. There you go. Anyway, in this week's show, what do we got on? Where's my little thing over here? We've got some race results. We've got some news. We've got Age Gripper of the Week. We've got Product Review Centre, and that's on. Through the Eyes of an Elite, which is a DVD we'll talk about. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Coach's Corner, we have one of our most popular interviews back. Yep. Hayden Wally, we're going to be talking about dis- DPS, Distance Per Stroke. Nice, and uh, I did a lot of editing on that one. Yes, we'll talk, we'll about, talk that about that later. <laughs> uh, and we're going to finish off a few questions and answers. So we know we're going to get straight into results, and we had... Which one's first? We've got this one here. The Grand Colombian. Grand Colombian. So it was held at the weekend. The winner was Kyle Cashin from New York City. Good old New York City. Did it in 9.59? Off the one. Nice. And it was nearly it was a fifty minute fifty minute victory. It's pretty impressive. He yeah. swam a one hour, biked five twenty six, and ran a three twenty for nine fifty one. Nice. Second was David Powers, also from New York, came home in ten forty, and third was Doug Gillen in ten fifty. Nice. And we do have a female down here somewhere. Here it is, Sabrina. Brucknell. Brucknell. Was, yeah. And she did a, a 12.54 to take it out. Yeah. Scroll out how many people were racing on. Um, got a couple more females. I'm going to give them a name. Karina Brucknell as well. Or was it the same one? Maybe she got... The sister. Maybe. No. Maybe. 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 And then... Probably. Yeah, next one we had uh, Sabine Astle in third place. Stephanie um, Astle. Stephanie in 13.22. How many people were racing? Okay, we've got about... Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. About 100. No, but maybe about 50. <laughs> 51. 51 finishes, but there was also a half on there. Oh, no, 100. Look, uh, go down, place. And it's race number. Oh. Yeah, no, yeah, look. It goes, goes from look, 80 look. then to 50. Uh, no, it's no, like 100. We'll take a number, uh, 100. Yeah, 100 sounds better. And they need to increase the size of their font on their website. Yep, they do too. Uh, what was the next one we're going to go for? The next result we had was the Great Alini, which we haven't actually got the results for. Okay. And likewise, the uh, Spirit Triathlon in Canada was also on, but they haven't got their website updated on time, so we're not going to give them any love. You don't get any love from us if you're not good at what you do. Yeah, but, the but big, anyway. The big man was on the two big man, years ago. And the big man is... Pete Fabrusic. He's not a glove man anymore. He's the big man. Okay, it's official? Yep, it's official. It's official. The big man. And he's a big man because the guy's unbelievable. On this website, we're looking at K226 right now. And um, they've got the races he has done this year. Mm. The big big man, it sounds like it's an... um, You've got to do the exterior one day, and then you do the Prague Iron Distance race the next day. So yeah. it's a pretty tough weekend. So we're looking at it. This year he's done one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven Ironmen already. At least. At least. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Plus a whole bunch of halves, uh, and he's got lots of ones there. You know, he won the 
Czech iron distance race, he won the Slovak iron distance race, he won the big man, uh, he was 6th in Brazil, he was 8th in the Florida 101, he was 4th in Ironman Arizona, 4th in Ironman South Africa, 7th in Ironman Malaysia, he also did Challenge Wanaka, he did finish it, he got disqualified but he still did yeah. the whole race. Yeah. Uh, Which he won, yeah, well, would have won. He would have won and then uh, he's got a whole bunch of um, you know, 70.3s and halves and stuff so man. he is the racing, the big man. He is the big man. He's the big man. Okay, so Pete Rusick, you are the big man. You are the big man. Uh, which one's this? Ooh, which oh. one was that? Wait a second, here we go. The... We did have the greater length. Oh, back it up. Apologies for... Back it up. Slagging great organisers they are. Great organisers. Great organisers. Well set out results. <coughs> and the winner it was a very tight race. The winner was Hans Schlecht in 10 hours... That's a great name. 24. Wasn't the... Uh, what was the night game of the guy who was the nuclear inspector in Iraq? Wasn't that Hans... I don't know. Something like that. Maybe he's... uh as creepers, mate. Anyway. You're into that stuff, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he did 10.24. It was a one-minute victory over Timothy Mickleborough uh, in 10.25. And third was Ron Chassis in 10.38. Now, we were a bit struggling with the females. We know that Heather, we either maybe got first or second, but Chelsea? Ch- Chelsea Sanders. We, we're assuming that's a female as well. Yeah, it was... So uh, took it out. So, Again, really close racing, 11.52 versus 11.53. Yep. That's nice racing. It. How many people raced in that one, do you think? 5,000. 5,000? 5, yeah. yeah, close enough. Told you a million times, don't exaggerate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, their spirit triathlon, the results definitely aren't up there. Okay, so what do we got coming up this weekend? Let's have a look. We've got the Red Man. The Red Man triathlon. Third, third time this race is being held. They've got a full option, they've got a half option, and they've also got the aqua bike option. Oh. What I'm liking about it is they've totally ripped off the, the Ironman thing. Oh, yeah. But it's great. Yeah. It's kind of like those Nikes that are fake, but they look really bad. Yes. But the side is beautiful, I have to say that. It looks great. Mm. And, uh... Yeah. yeah. It's the third time they're running that. September 23rd. It's going to be happening in three days, 23 hours, 28 seconds, Oh, no, 28 minutes and 3 seconds. So. Yes. Good luck anybody doing the Red Man. Yeah, bring on the Red Man. What else have we got? We've got the Odyssey. Odyssey Off-Road Extreme, Extreme Triathlon. So what kind of distance are they going? So they're doing an iron distance, Whoa. but it's a mountain bike and a trail run. That's got to be a tough day at the office. Oh, Sitting got to be 112 miles on the mountain bike. That's tough. And it's slow. Mm. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. man. It's going to break your heart. So good luck to anybody who's given that a, given that a crack. And then the Lake Barkley Triathlon. Yep, they've got a full and a half there in Kentucky. Kentucky. So it'll be interesting to see if they get uh, reasonable numbers, given they've also had the uh, Kentucky Ironman this year as well. So looks like a beautiful race. Lots of uh, nice pictures on the website. And there's quite a few halves around the world. Yeah, we've got New Forest half in the UK, um, Black Diamond in the US, Cancun 70.3. And it's kind of the season where there are a lot of halves, sort of end-of-season halves. But really no official Iron... Uh, WTC races now until Hawaii. Bring it on, eh? Mm. When do we start our, our you know, our pre-show we, we thing? We always start pretty early. Yeah, we, maybe next week we'll start it. Yeah. When is it? It's the 14th or 13th, isn't 14th, it? 14th, yeah. yeah. I'll be lying on the beach in Rarotonga. I won't be watching it live this oh, year. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, you shouldn't have planned that, mate. It's, mm. it's a mistake. Actually, had a guy in, uh, come to my RPM class today, the other day, Darren. He had new shoes. I was impressed with that. And mm. he's actually going over to watch. Mm. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive. Going to Hawaii to watch? Yeah. Bloody hell. That'd be nice, that's wouldn't impressive. it? impressive. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get to do that. Everyone always writes to us, are you going to Hawaii? It's like, yeah, yeah. the funds don't really cover that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, in other news, it's been a big weekend for Olympic uh, triathlon. And yes. um, 
We'll talk about it a bit. So the race was in Beijing at the weekend. Lots yep. of uh, people qualifying for the Olympics. Pretty exciting stuff. We had our Kiwis doing very, very well, getting uh, third and fourth in the guys and third and fourth, or was it fourth and fifth in the girls? Fourth and sixth. So yep. we've got four people qualified up for the Olympics, which is nice. Another so two when, when's the next slots? Uh, in March for our Kiwis. Oh, is it? Really interesting to see the different qualifying criteria for the different countries. Like the Aussies is purely on... Dis, uh, selectors' discretion. So oh, really? That's, that's dangerous stuff. Yeah, and, that is dangerous and stuff. And the Americans it? have fu- a funny sort of qualifying system as well. They had the first across the line there, and then the Swiss, you had to be in the top eight and things like that. So it's interesting to see. And we'll actually maybe talk about this a bit more when we talk about our product reviews. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? Uh, short course. Okay, so Bennett, what's his first name? Greg Bennett. Greg Bennett is going to be able to win. You know more about this one. 300, he's in, the, in line to win $300,000. They've got the race, the North and well, the sort of tr- short course <coughs> triathlon series in the States, Lifetime Fitness, and they, I don't think they banked on anybody winning all the races, but if anybody, male or female, wins all the races, they can take home 300000 bucks. So he's got one race to go, and if he wins it, Big payday, and his wife. How many races are there? I think there's about four. You got to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, and his wife won the the big money race earlier in the year. Uh, the. Oh, that's your uh, last time fitness. Uh, no, the one they had the ITU one, where she won about two hundred and fifty thousand or something. Uh, so if he takes that home, that's been a big payday year for those guys. Wow. Which is great, and you know you got to think, why would young athletes sort of want to race Ironman when they could potentially make so much more money doing short course? Well, it's interesting, when we do the product review centre, we should probably talk about this more, because yes. it was an interesting time in the sport, wasn't it, when that was done? Mm. So we'll leave that discussion until later on. Uh, there were some bikes stolen at Monaco. Uh, we got an email through from Bain Barnett, and they're saying that Mecca got his bike stolen in the, from the transition area. About eight bikes, wasn't it, got stolen? Yeah. He says 14 athletes had their bikes stolen. And so Mecca pretty much got up in the morning and said, if you can get me a bike, get it there. And he they hit him one at transition. And it was That's the second time it's happened to him. Wow. Because it happened to him at Ironman UK as well. Bizarre. I tell you what, I tell you what, if you saw his bike, the Specialized, because yeah. he had it in road, yeah, <laughs> I'll five-finger discount. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, Monaco of all places, you, you expect things not So what was really great was the Prince replaced all their bikes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yep. He came he, along and said, no, nah, I'll replace all your bikes. That's an, he, he's a big follower of triathlon, yeah. actually. Is he? I've got, I'll tell you a story about that off air. Oh, really? Oh, back <laughs> yeah. it up. Um, but no, he, he was uh, at the Olympics, and he's uh, he's always been pretty fond of triathlons. So. Oh, is he? And well, it was good that he went through and did that, because, exactly. you know, like, sure, Mackin could probably just get another bike tomorrow, but yeah. 14 other athletes, you know, or 13 exactly. other guys would have been pretty gutted. Is so, Blue 70, yep. bringing out some innovations? Yeah, well, there's... Uh, Alex, who we uh, we know very well, has moved over to Blue Seventy, and she's going to be the new marketing coordinator. Oh, so, Alex! Yeah, oh, so nice. Blue Seventy is going places in the I can't say going places in the nineties anymore. Going places no, in the, the new, new millennium. millennium. Great suits. And, See how we uh, just work that together then? Exactly. We're just like that. The uh, I got actually got my point uh, zero three coming next week. Oh, now mm. I was at uh, is that the one that they use at Hawaii now? Yeah. So I was at Scotty's yesterday mm. and. Gary, Burgess yes. was buying one. Ah, good. I've told him to go and get one. Oh, he was listening to you. Good. He was there and then. Good coach, athlete, listening to the coach. It's Gary right. is one of the Christchurch's top age group athletes. Uh, hopefully, if he has a great race in Hakone, he could probably even get a podium. So Could do. That's mm. what we're working on. Nice. So so what's so great about it? What do you want to talk about? That? Well, I'm, I'm, gonna, tried I'm, it? I'm going to once, once I've tried yeah, it. Leave it, it. leave it. I've got a good testing uh, protocol I've come up with, and I'm going to see what... Uh, but everybody's raving about it, point zero three. It's, you can't even get hold of them. They're just sort of in and out of the store so bloody quickly. Oh, so so. Gary's pretty lucky, obviously. He was, yeah. Like, I mean, listen to his coach. He does. Obviously. Um, Challenge Wanaka have come up with some really great innovations to get triathlon clubs within New Zealand actually competing for what they are calling the 
Challenge Champion Cup Trophy. Mm. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, the team aspect down at this race and also at Rote really works quite well. Yep. And we've, we've discussed and debated this on, at length on other, th- on other shows. And you know, maybe at the big iron races where the field's at capacity, we don't necessarily agree that teams is, is a good way to go. But in terms of growing the event, it's fantastic. And I think it's great that they're going to have sort of an inter-club um, rivalry going. Although one thing you, you're saying with the bigger races, Rote has... What, 4,000, 5,000? Yeah, and they, they pull it off. Yeah. You know, it's a different kind of race because of it, because you don't have mass starts and stuff mm. like that. But um, they do pull it off. It didn't mm. seem at, at any stage in the day that it was messy. So nice. yeah, maybe other races could look at doing it, especially races that are starting out. Yeah. Um, as a way to do that. 101s. We do have some sad news. Um, you want to go on Benny, this one? Benny Van Stalen, uh, it has been on most of the websites. He was killed in a, car, uh, a bike crash earlier this week or last week. And uh, absolute tragedy. It's actually been a bit of a arse of a couple of weeks because we've had uh, a very well known, not triathlete, but um, triathlon triathlon follower Graham Condon also killed in Christchurch by somebody knocking him off. He's actually it was a paraplegic and he got uh, cleaned out by some young fellas uh, going too fast and he was killed pretty much on the spot yeah. as well. Benny Van Stalen is the, the you know, I would nine say nine time world champion, nine time world champion, without a doubt the best uh, Jew athlete that has ever been. So, a real tragedy. He was only 30 years old, still racing strong, still winning world titles. Oh, 30 um, years already, nine times champ. Yeah, he was an absolute Animal. dominator. He just, every year, it wasn't even, it was, you know, it wasn't even worth um, almost watching the World Duathlon Champs because you know he'd just clean up every single kind time. Kind of like Schumacher in yeah, Formula One. Everybody would just be racing for seconds. So, an absolute legend. So, if anybody does know Benny, um, our sort of thoughts go out to you guys mm. and a um, bit of a sad time and, and also just remember guys when you're on the road on your bike always be ultra careful because mm. you know we are quite vulnerable to cars so mm, definitely some sad news moving on uh, hot topic of the week so last week we had actually I better pull up the page shouldn't I uh, we had what was our hot topic John <laughs> our hot topic was oh tips from the the newbies first tips for your first uh, from your first iron distance race. Yeah. And we had a lot. We had a lot. We had... Uh, you guys are great at the moment. You're just killing it's us. gone on fire again. It's a chance to share one key thing in the build-up to your first Ironman that might help us. Pay it forward was the term, wasn't That's it? That's right. We're going to pay it forward. You seen the movie? I haven't. Yeah, what's it pay it forward? <laughs> no. All I get at the moment, I get the wiggles at home. The moment we get the wiggles, but now, the wiggles... But now, he's what, two months? Yeah. You can get away from the movie on. Oh, I don't know. Pay it forward will make you cry. No. I, I like it. Seen oh. here, here comes the chicken is my favourite at the moment. Here comes the chicken. Here comes the chicken. Here comes the chicken. Chicken down the road. That chicken's got the hiccups. <laughs> Somebody give that chicken some water, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Oh, you wait. Oh, you got a boy. So my daughter's into high five. Yeah, I'm good. sure that'll be coming. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So anyway, we're going to scan through these. There's some good tips in here. So John's doing the first half. I'm doing the second half. Yeah, so which I'm is quite cunning of you, wasn't it? Because <laughs> about two days ago, so I'm doing I'm doing up to here, and then keeps more coming. <laughs> Swine. Yeah. Anyway. Hot Stuff said relax and try not to get too nervous about the race and take every day as it comes. Nice. Good. Uh, Rollo from Germany. Always remember that uh, it's normal to feel like SH dot 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 T. We'll say that's shit during the Iron Man uh, at, some, at some point. Rob from the UK, buy Gordo's book Going Long. Um, it's packed with all the things you need to know. Chris K, for the first, uh, I'd recommend keeping it simple and focus on consistently completing one long bike. One long run and one long swim every week. Um, the rest is just filler. Good point. I think they're probably the one other thing you might want to just add in there is also some some good brick sessions, you know, half Ironman simulations and stuff. Yep. Thomas Leith Olsen, <clears throat> take uh, take one day, one day per week off from work in the last two months before Ironman to get a good weekly long ride and long run in. Nice. 
really good idea. Yep. Uh, either one day off or possibly two half days to try nice. and get things in. Chris, pace in capital letters. Be honest with yourself about your fitness. The distance doesn't matter if your planned pace is easy enough. The other Neil. The yep. other Neil. <laughs> get a coach. It's a great investment. Nice. Jolly Jim Rogers. Jolly Jim Rogers. <laughs> Try to take your long run uh, in the midweek and use the weekend to double up uh, long rides. Really agree with that. I think it's great to uh, get your long run done during the week. You know, Trying to do your long ride and your long run at the weekend is not ideal. Some people have got to do it that way, yeah. but it's not, not the, the best thing to do. Patrick, um, what really helped me was to do some really long miserable uh, rides in miserable weather um, <clears throat> sometime before the race, and that makes the race day seem a whole lot easier. Yep. Pete, don't, uh, don't take it too seriously. The world will not end. If you don't win your age group, beat your mate or finish. Relax and enjoy the entire experience. Oh, and I can't. That's so important. Eh? Mm, that's so have, true. have a bit of yeah. fun. Uh, Andy, uh, the first one, uh, first one is like a really long training day with lots of mates. Enjoy it. Yep. Gumps always uh, allocate quality time to spend with the other. Uh, half of your f- and your family. Nice. We'll come up. We'll bring that up in a moment. Nice. Uh, Rich Coleman, work on base fitness over the winter, leading into your Ironman. Um, so it's not just uh, you know doing the sixteen twenty week build up. Spend the whole year sort of slowly building up to it. Nice. And then I got Lisa, and she's got make love. Oh crikey! How did get that far down? What's that? I, d- I didn't read. I didn't read, but past where mine was. was oh, did she said make that love? One. Okay. Yeah. So obviously it's really good for performance. Probably not on race day. No. Or maybe in the morning. But yeah. <laughs> Give your partners plenty of love back, she's saying, especially on the big training days, um, which may be hard on the big training days. Maybe it's on the training days. You're not doing the big training days. Have we discussed... Um, Making love? Yeah, before uh, before race week. Didn't we have that as a topic? Yeah, we did have that topic. But you know what I find? I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I've, I've never thought I should. And you were anti, weren't you? And then Monica... So we have it, didn't it, John? Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> carry on. You had a great race, Monica, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Carry on. <laughs> oh, chance. Going solo with long bike and run sessions are really good for your mental fortitude. <coughs> Excuse me. Bill in Chicago. I do a long run bike brick on Saturday and then do a long run on Sunday with tight legs. Sean of the Porno. Follow the program. Never try to make up for missed sessions and taper well, which yep. is really true, isn't it? If you miss yep. a session, just concede that day. Um, the training is the hardest, uh, the race is the easiest. Um, Joel, mm, I don't have a comment. <laughs> we got the mmm in there. Yeah, he did put mmm, didn't he? So I had to do it. I don't have a comment, but he wanted to say he really liked Elise's comment from above. So <laughs> that's very true. Uh, Trevor, uh, if you don't do it, uh, if you didn't do it in training, don't try it on race day, whatever it is. Very true. Uh, look for cameras when you smile across the line. Cat, never run with Sean or the porno. He smokes you, makes you feel bad. <laughs> uh, so your main point is basically don't let Iron Man take over your whole life. Uh, keep social things happening outside of the sport. Um, you know, have a life as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fit in 40 lots. Gordo, basically, at the press conference in Canada, was saying how, uh, what do you put? If at any time during the swim bike you feel like you're racing, throttle back. Uh, and you'll see the blue carpet run like hell. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, Snork saying, uh, keep within your heart rate pace zones for the whole race. Very important. Uh, Barb, don't worry if you can't put 20-hour weeks in. Uh, with lots of two-hour days like the pros do. Uh, you're best just doing a long swim one day, long bike and long run on the weekend. Kind of like what you were saying before. Zoe, get your nutrition right, practice and experiment in training. Then on work, on race day, you'll be ready to smack it. Frank actually had quite a few, but I just grabbed a couple of his. Um, start planning early for next year, which is true. He's got now. Mm-hmm. Uh, quit drinking alcohol completely at least 10 weeks out from the race. Your thoughts? Uh, each their own. <laughs> <laughs> so your closet, Alki, are you? 
bottle or night, eh? Um, clear social calendar as much as possible. Uh, no wedding parties for the last 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the real Neil. We had the other Neil. Not the, the other Neil, Neil, the real Neil. Take time to actually write down the detailed race plan. Pay particular attention to the sensible pacing. Then stick to that pace and don't get carried away. And smoke the first half of the bike only to blow up on the run. Mm. And lastly, Brian, simple man, bike. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Beautiful. So... At one point I wanted to bring up, um, okay, get off my chest. Uh, get off your chest, John, come on. A couple of people. Let it out. A couple of people brought Let's up. Let's get the couch out for you. <laughs> a couple of people brought up pacing. Um, and I think one, one thing's important. We, we've interviewed quite a few pros lately that uh, say they don't use heart <coughs> don't use power meters or anything like that. They just go on feel. Yep. And in terms of your first Ironman, I strongly would encourage you to use a heart monitor in terms of pacing because... A lot of those pros have gone through a trial and error process in terms of getting to where they are, and now they do know what it feels like. They know their Ironman pace very, very well. But for your first Ironman, you don't know what pace you're capable of, and I would strongly suggest having um, a heart rate zone that you're going to stick to and you're not going to go across for the bike. I think one thing with that as well is that when you look at a pro athlete, they've spent years and years understanding their body. They have Mm. such a high level of body awareness Mm. that they understand when they're working at certain levels. Yep. For a newer athlete, you just don't have that awareness, and that's where those tools come in handy in a big way and gives you that control that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah. So, Most people that I come across, they, they think they can ride at a higher rate than they can, actually can. So. Well, it's interesting when you talk to people who aren't really athletes and they say, oh, I went out for a bike run, I said on 35Ks, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, first of all, you probably didn't read Speedo that well. Yeah. And second of all, I don't really believe you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, in this week's discussion, we've got um, a chance for the Iron Partner to give us some feedback. Yes. So we'd like feedback from Iron Partners on tips for keeping things in order and making sure that you stay happy so we can pass on those tips to all the Iron Athletes. Yeah, so we want the partner's perspective on what they what, what, what they want or what they can do or what, or just, uh, tips. what, what just tips in general to keep the relationship on track whilst also being able to obviously train. Because it can like be that. a stressful time in a relationship. You know, someone's very narrow focused on something that's kind of selfish um, and takes away from the kind partner. Kind of selfish. Kind of selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your partner hear that bit. <laughs> and, uh, and so... You know, it's it's a really important time, and obviously it can be really stressful in relationships. So we, you know, we love love, don't we? Encourage them to get on the blog and let their <laughs> let their thoughts go yeah. wild. This could be a long one next week. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> anyway, let's put some music on. Oh, there was our news and discussion for this week. Age grouper of the week, and. You know what? This is from an iron wife. It is. And it's from Sarah Hawkins. And Sarah Hawkins sent through this email. Moved from a house in um, Dorset. To Dorset. To Dorset. Oh, there you go. Probably eight miles from the venue of Ironman UK a few weeks ago. Uh, they had to move with the furniture and poor old Ed had a bit of a problem. Fell off his bike a few days before the race. Bruised his hips, took a few layers of skin off, but he still did Ironman UK. Nice. Uh, being a true pirate, he soldiered on and he ended up having a pretty good race in his fourth triathlon ever. But he did do the John Newsom, he did the sprint, the Olympic, and the half. Nice. So he, he did well. He does want a tattoo, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. He finished the race in 11 hours and 6 minutes with an overall time of 190, an uh, overall place of 190 out of 1,600 competitors, and she was very proud of him. And the reason I really thought he should get Age Group of the Week was because he ran up the finishing shoot with his dog. Right, that is sensational, and I actually saw the photos. Okay. I went on went online. Oh, they had the the video. Nice. Yep. So, uh, so that was pretty good. I thought very good. I think that may be a first. Have you heard of that before? 
haven't seen it before. No, the no, dog. I haven't seen it before. Yeah, so he's, he's revolutionary, isn't he? His dog was called Jack. And the good thing is I've actually got a photo of him as Iron Man Talk Juicy, so check Very out the good. website this week. Yeah. That's what we like to see. Yeah, beautiful. So, uh, yeah. Ed, Ed Hawkins. Well, you've got to love your wife. You've got to love your wife. Of tell you what, you Sarah, we need you riding on the blog this week, don't we? we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, Sarah's sensational. Mm. So, Ed Hawkins, you are our, our age grouper of the week. Sensational. Product Review Centre. So a few weeks ago, we've had uh, a few DVDs on the show. We had... Um, we've had we've had that running one. Yeah. And we've had uh, What It Takes. Yep, What It Takes. And we've had... And so we, I thought I, there was a, a particular DVD I knew about that I hadn't actually seen, so I wrote off to um, the, the guys... Use the Iron Man Talk Power, didn't you? Use the Power to get us a copy of the DVD <laughs> so we could have a watch and see what we thought. Uh, so it's called Through the Eyes of an Elite. Yep. You can get... Um, the guy who actually sort of produces it and manages all this is Wes Hobson, who in his day was a quality triathlete, uh, quality short course, and he actually features a lot in the in the movie itself. So basically it's uh, the US American, the US team uh, of guys getting ready for selection for the Olymp- uh, Sydney Olympics, the yeah. first time triathlon was ever held. And it, was a really, it was quite interesting. I found it interesting because um, I, I don't know the athletes personally, but it was very much the era when I was racing short course yeah. and I was so like full time. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> It was interesting because it was also the first time the Olympics was ever going to be held, and so there was quite a bit of pressure on in terms of making the first Olympic team. And well, it was interesting, the athletes, you know, it was the key race of their career, just mm. the qualification race, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So really, I found, I found it quite interesting. So it, it follows a similar sort of um, premise to, to um, the other ones who had What It Takes, and uh, what was the running one called? Showdown. Showdown, Showdown. yep. Uh, but I thought it was quite a bit better, to be honest, yeah, and, and I sort of related to it a lot better. Uh, you got a bit more out of the athletes, I thought. You saw them training quite a bit, and you got to see them sort of before and after, say, the uh, the, the qualifying races and sort of how they felt, etc. So, yeah. And they had some good race clips and stuff. So it's mainly focusing on Wes Hobson, um, Hunter Kemper, uh, Ryan Bolton, and what's the other fella's name? Um, Nick Radcliffe, uh, and also a little bit on Sheila Tormina, yeah. and uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really, really well worth a watch. It's obviously getting a little bit dated now because it no, was. No, but that's what's really fascinating about it. Because for me, I don't really have much of it. You know, I'm kind of newer to triathlon, and I've always been an Ironman, and so it was interesting when I was talking to Macker and wrote, and he was saying how you know before the Olympics came along, ITU was just a joke, mm. and and you, you really see this is the transition. You know, nowadays we talk about how Ironman's losing it, and ITU is just you know the money and it's so much more professional and all this stuff, and. It was interesting because you had like Dave Scott and mm. Mark Allen talking, and, and you know at that point in, in triathlon, Ironman was still the thing, wasn't it? Mm. And uh, you know, and there was this was the, the transition period, and it was interesting just seeing those guys talk, you know, and they they brought like nowadays if they did one, they wouldn't even talk about Ironman. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? It would have nothing. To, you wouldn't have Dave Scott in it on there. No. You know, it, would, it just wouldn't exist. You'd have you You'd know have Lessing and yeah, and Macker and yeah, like that probably. You know, and Carter and stuff like that, and it's like uh, it's. It's just fascinating. I found it really interesting for that perspective. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I think if you look at all sports kind of inside these kind of DVDs, I think the the person, the DVD, have you seen Pumping Iron? No. Oh, so it was, was Sports <laughs> No. But honestly, you should yeah. watch it. It's a great DVD. It was when Schwarzenegger was doing, you know, in his prime. Yeah. And it's it kind of sets the standard for all of these type of DVDs, you know, the kind of lower produced kind of DVD. And I thought 
it's not quite a pumping irons level, but it's definitely better than anything we've seen so yeah. far. It's uh, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, no, it really was. So if, if you're interested in getting a copy of that, uh, you can go through to Wes Webs, Hobson's website, so weshobsonperformance.com. And we'll have a link to it on um, imantalk.com. And you can get that. And Yeah, I think it's, it's well worth a watch. And uh, yeah. I think the one thing about Pumping Iron, just it, it does personalities more. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of ego and stuff, and they really yeah. showed that side of it. And yeah. It's, yeah, you should see it. Alice is a great DVD. If anybody can see it up on... Uh, What's uh, on YouTube or something? I'll maybe watch it. Then. Yeah, <laughs> probably will be on YouTube. Jesus <laughs> crackers, mate. You gotta see you pay it forward anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we go. It's a uh, product view center. This corner. So this week in the house we've got Hayden Woolley. Now we're just gonna explain a couple of things about this interview because <laughs> we, it, it's, there's some really good content in there. But we had quite a few issues with our connection via Skype and it kept breaking out quite a bit. So we had to stop and start quite regularly. So it may just not flow. I haven't actually edited it yet. I'm going to do it once we've yeah. recorded here. So maybe I've done a great job. Yeah, maybe it will if flow. If it flows, I've done an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite flow right. I've got sick of it. <laughs> we, we do apologize about that. But basically the content will still be in there. Really focusing on distance per stroke and, uh, and how that should be applied to your personal programs. And... Uh, here Beautiful. So Hayden, here he comes. So on the show, we're very happy to have uh, Hayden Woolley back. It was one of our most popular interviews. Um, you guys loved Hayden. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to try to keep things fairly specific <laughs> today. So we're going to sort of focus on distance per stroke because it's a question I get a lot of, and uh, Hayden's the expert in the uh, in the area of swimming. So how's things up in Auckland, Hayden? Uh, things are good here, guys. Thanks mm. for asking. That's good. How are things down in Christchurch? It's a beautiful sunny day. Yeah. Somebody killed one of the magpies. We're not getting attacked, <laughs> and so we're pretty happy about that. Really? Yep, somebody went out and shot one of them. That's fantastic. Um, but anyway, we wanted to talk to you today a bit about distance per stroke, because I know um, a big part of your program that you run up in Auckland is, is very much technique-based, doing distance per stroke stuff, and so I thought you'd be a good person to talk to. Um, what, what, what's sort of uh, your explanation of if people? You know, often people see in programs distance per stroke, and they don't quite know what it means. What does it sort of mean to you do distance per stroke, and what are you trying to achieve? Well, um, well, basically, when when a coach puts up on the board and wants DPS out of the set, he will generally or she will generally want um, something. It'll, it'll generally be a set of short reps. Um, you can span it out, but initially it'll probably be short reps of exaggerated technique, and the aim of the whole thing is to try and get your strokes as low as possible. So the definition of it basically is you're going to travel as far as you can with each stroke. So there's a lot of factors that um, it revolves around, but um, DPS is a factor, uh, it's a factor in terms of um, efficiency that most elite swimmers have already mastered, and they're continuing to try and take that to a new level. Um, so that as much of their energy um, is transferred into forwards movement um, that they possibly can, so that their fitness is actually going to be useful um, rather than, as a lot of our triathlete friends who we, uh, we all coach know, um, you can put a lot of effort into that water but not actually move that well. So, yeah, so um, explanation of DPS is that it's, it's the length of each stroke, it's, it's made tangible and it's measured by your strokes per length, a good swimmer maybe swimming um, 11 to 13, maybe 14 oh. strokes per length in the 25-metre pool, um, and that'll be up to um, or just under 30 for a 50-metre pool for an elite swimmer. 
Yeah. So is the objective for triathletes, you know, whether they're um, just doing their warm-up or whether they're doing a DPS set or anything, they should be working towards doing the minimum number of strokes per length. Is that what they should be aiming for, or is this just a drills exercise they should be doing? Um, Yeah, it's it's a yes and no answer to that. Um, It definitely is more of a drills uh, focus, but again, as any any drill... um, that you want to do that's going to have any effect on the rest of your program, it should have tangible benefits for everything else you do. So if you are a swimmer who's, say, holding in a 25-metre pool constantly 18 strokes per length at the moment and you want to become faster, then you really want to do that through efficiency first before you um, you know, add more distance onto it and see where that takes you. So um, the way it's best explained is that most of the time when you're training... Um, the majority of that should be loosely classified as easy work, where your focus is primarily uh, trying to travel further with each stroke. So 70 or 80% of your, your week is going to loosely be classified as easy work, whether it's warm-ups or long, easy distance. Um, and if you can gradually bring that number of 18 down, say, over a month to 17, um, where it takes no more energy, or maybe two or three months from that down to 16 or 15, then you're eventually going to get um, speed benefits out of mm. that, even in your, in, in your easy work. But it's got to be mixed. Um, can, can I ask why you get speed benefits? a balanced program. Sorry? Can I ask why you get speed benefits from less strokes? Yeah, well, um, some of the questions I know you uh, want me to get into later, well, I will I will go okay. over that in a second. Oh, yes. but, um, Evan, you're, you're jumping the gun. Yeah. Sorry, I get excited. Let's keep to the structure <laughs> of the interview, shall we? Keep to the structure. You can do the next no, question, so Evan. The, the short answer is, yeah, the short answer to the whole thing is, um, your objective is to take the minimum amount of strokes per length on a majority of your training, but your, any balance program has a mixture of speed work and also efficiency work, and when you blend the two, then that's when you get some reasonably good speed. So when you're racing, no, you don't want to be taking the minimum in a stroke if you're going from one side of the harbour to the other, um, <laughs> because generally, if you do that, then you're going to go slow. But if you've learned how to do that in training and also balance it out with a certain amount of speed work with a high strike rate, um, that balance initially, and um, again, it's one of the questions later, um, you will find an in-between point which maximises speed. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, it, it all depends on your habits. You've got to put You've got to put some training together which teaches you to drop that stroke count right down and still it starts concrete in your habits so that when you do do some speed work, which will only be maybe 10 to 30% of your program, um, and given that it's a minority, it'll never affect your, your overall habit, that concrete habit will generally stay um, stuck in place. So arm turnover then will just result in speed and not more splash. Okay. So how do you know where to draw the line yeah. between too much and the right amount of glide when you're... Because Bevan, yeah, if you say to Bevan do DPS, he might do. Uh, I have for thirty strokes in twenty-five meters. Or if you know, I want to do the minimum number of strokes per length, and he'll do two strokes. And he'll, he'll kick for the rest of the. I have been known to do that. <laughs> yes. So how do you sort of know where that line nice, is? Nice. Yeah, a lot of it's feel based. Um, and so different people have different aptitudes with uh, the way that they feel that line. But um, whenever you're doing um, your easy work, you want to you want to find no matter how you get the strokes down, they've got to drop. But um, one of the ways that you can help get your easy work down, say you're doing 1,000 metres and you find that without force you can get that down to 18, to, to get that down to 10 or 17 without really any in intensity, you might try and 
exaggerate things once or twice a week, but I do a really short set of 825s. And that's where you want to then use the force. That's when you want to exaggerate things. But you might only do it once or twice a week just to kind of show you a new level of, of form. So you go to that extra level of exaggeration, which might just give you a different feeling you haven't felt before, which might then go back to 17 or 16 strikes. But um, that line between too much and, and the right amount of glider, it completely depends on what you're trying to um, um, achieve in training. So some of the sets, they'll be short and they'll be there to exaggerate. Um, you want to completely overdo the glide, even to the point where, um, while you're learning how to do it, you do almost stall. Um, most of your training that's easy um, wants to find a bit of a feeling base between um, a good glide, but not so much that you stall. But again, you've also got to have part of your training um, uh, consigned to absolute hard work, and then you're not going to fight it at all. There's definitely no glide involved um, in speed work. Are you, are you yeah. sort of worried? So um, it just takes time to find that. When, you, when you're doing that in terms of glide and you're saying stalling, I, I guess a lot of people might start sinking. Is that too much of a concern? Um, yeah, now you're getting onto a different level here again. It's um, <laughs> one of the. <laughs> yeah, people sink, and like water, water, in water there's a buoyancy issue. Now, there's two, there's two different um, buoyancy angles you can take things from. There's a general rotation um, every time you strike your shoulders and you have to roll around, and that takes a little bit of a, a feel over time to get used to that so you don't fall over and, you know, wreck your coordination. But there's also a forward-backwards um, balance that you have to get aligned with. If your head's too low, you're going to cause drag because your head will be underwater. If your head's too high, it's going to cause drag because your bum will be down. But um, when people sink, as long as they kind of sink forwards and they pause their front arm, then that should actually lead to a glide. Whereas if they fall backwards and they sink backwards, then that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. if that explains that. So what are some other yeah. tips for improving your DPS other than just the long pause? Um, well, I can, we can probably put this into about three um, sub-points. First... If you, if you want to have the ability to get your stroke counts down, um, some people always do this. We've all know, always known that, and frustrating as well for the people who find it hard to do, but there will always be people who seem to uh, latch onto that idea pretty easily, and they can always make really good stroke gains, whether it's you know, a drill that they're doing and they pick it up quickly, or um, the coach wants them to... Um, drop the stroke count and um, some people find it really easy. So the things that affect that, um, other than just pausing your reach, um, are the fundamentals and those are the, um, if you have bad flexibility in your shoulders, you're never going to be able to travel through the water well. If you work on that fundamental flexibility in your shoulders, then it's going to give you pretty much a, bit, a better boat design. Um, so I guess it's a way of investing time into um, that, you know, exactly the same as what the guys are going to do in the America's Cup, shave a few um, foot off the side of the boat, make, make a better longer shape and it's probably going to cut through the water better and that's, that's exactly what you're doing with your shoulder flexibility. Yep. yep. Um, the, um, the, you've also got to have extremely good flexibility in your ankles because you'll never be able to initially support um, a good glide unless you have good grounding at the back of your um, stroke, which is your kick. And if your ankles don't be backwards, your power won't go backwards. And that's what um, a lot of the males over the age of 35 struggle with. And no matter how much you get them to kick, they're just never going to get better unless they make a big change in, in, um, in, their, uh, in their base flexibility. So that's kind of the second aspect to fundamentals. And the third thing flows on from that second point, which is that excellent kick. 
So if, if you build a bit of boat design and you also make your, uh, your fundamental flexibility in your ankles and the corresponding bit of kick that you get from it, then it just gives you the, the, the base tools to work from so that the coach can actually affect a bit of change. So that's kind of the first point. The second thing um, that'll help you in pretty deep here, other than just a long pause, um, is good body rotation. Now, most people, if you get their head down in the water, if you get their balance right and you get them to pause out in front of their stroke with their reach, they normally start to rotate better anyway through their shoulders. And uh, rotation is not only important for breathing, but it should be should exist within every single stroke, not just the breath, because it's um, it's a very big drag issue. If your body uh, rotates through maybe 70 or 80 degrees through on your shoulders, the, the water tends to cut at the front of your body and slide down and gradually become flat by the time it hits your feet. Um, so body rotation is the second thing, and the last thing, obviously, is your balance. If you can lean forward and sink forward, then your body's um, a lot more likely to want to follow what the front arm's doing if your body's falling forward, not staying backwards. Um, yeah. Nice. So uh, that's how you can get your DPC on other than just reaching Will pedals help at all or not? Um, your pedals are really, really quite useful, but uh, I, I get a lot of people want to use paddles for kind of the wrong reason, and uh, I think it's mainly, again, the culprits normally lie in you know, your middle-aged male who's been around the traps for maybe oh. 10 years, and um, not not that they do know over there, not that they even expect it, but they get to habits of believing certain issues that they haven't even questioned, and um, paddles are really good for power, but I'd never use them as a coach um, initially for a power um, aspect, like... The main reason we use paddles, and it's the reason why we use flat, small paddles, um, is that they help you feel and they make you more sensitive to both the reach um, but also the catch. And those two sensations that you need to look and, and feel, which paddles help you, um, and they enable you to feel those things a little bit um, easily, more easily than without paddles, is a feeling of very, very neutral flow over your hand as your body follows what that front hand's doing when you reach out and pause. So you, you're more likely to feel that sensation. And in, in a sport where that word feel is, is sort of bandied around so much but nobody really knows what it means, <laughs> to have something that can, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it right and you can actually feel it and the coach can see it and, and you, know what you, you, know, you know what you're doing, then you can help feel that. So set to where you're doing alternating um, with and without paddles really, I, f I find quite useful because they... They give you the feeling, then you take one, and then you've got to search for the feeling you've just felt. Oh. Um, but the other thing that paddles can also do is give you a good feel for your catch. Because they normally end up being a little bit in hand, um, they, they can end up slowing your catch down, which generally for most people makes you uh, pull more water. Yeah. Um, a lot of people bend their, their fingertips down um, on, the, on the catch, which just means their hands all of a sudden dive towards the bottom, and it also makes the water slip off through the rest of the pool. But paddles tend to slow your catch down, and uh, they tend to minimise the We might just get you to repeat that last sentence you said there, Hayden, because you cut out on us. Uh, good. Do I uh, do I remember what I said? <laughs> yeah, I'd um, <laughs> I'd uh, yeah, I generally, as a summary, I just generally use paddles uh, more as a sensitivity tool. Yeah. Um, for both your reach number one and 
two for your catch mm-hmm. and those two feelings that you're looking for a neutrality of flow over your hand when you're gliding rather than just pushing into the cat uh, into the reach yep. and then uh, generally they'll slow your catch down which makes you pull better okay what are some of the common errors you see triathletes make when they're trying to do dps uh, yep, they definitely make some errors, um, <laughs> and uh, I guess it's not just triathletes, but most most learner swimmers or even just swimmers in general um, can make errors. Um, w- when you're teaching DPS, there's different steps that you'll go um, as a coach, um, and there's, there's about three that I'll go through generally, but um, in that first uh, step, you can often um, get some pretty good results with people. It's quite exaggerated, and it's not exactly what you want to do once you've learned uh the feel at the end of the day, but if you can get somebody simply to speed their arms, sorry, speed their legs up and slow their arms right down, especially the recovery, then that can allow somebody to initially, and it'll be quite forced, but that'll initially drop their stroke count. So an error that you see once you've used that description, um, and it's a bit like panning your head and rubbing your stomach, you know, two separate things (laughs) and you're trying to do two separate things at the same time. Um, A lot of people... They speed their legs up, but their arms just spin as well. So it's, it's kind of hard separating the arms and the legs out, I find. Mm. So that's definitely um, a major error that, that people make. And the other, another step um, in the evolution of teaching somebody DPS, once you've got that initial step correct, is you can get them to put a pull boy on, eliminate their kick completely, and then try and teach them how to affect DPS um, in a positive way just on the coordination of the arms and, and most people find that quite tough because it involves three different speeds between your strokes and just like it um, seems to be difficult for a lot of people to speed their kick up without it affecting the speed of their stroke if you can get somebody to reach in through the end of your stroke and almost stop start with a very slow catch so you trap some water first and then gradually then accelerate so you end up with three different speeds I find that if anything's fast everything tends to be fast and you lose your reach. So um, I'd say that's generally the, ne- um, the next most common error um, based on the uh, evolution of the way that we try and teach DPS. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So you, you've talked about a couple of sort of sets you might recommend for people, but do you have any other sort of sample sets that athletes you know, who perhaps don't have access to you up in Auckland might be able to do for, for improving their DPS? Yep, definitely. Um, well, DPS really is just a, it's a big function of how good your kick is um, and how good your body position is. Um, and then the only other factor that um, that will affect the whole thing is um, your power profile. So again, you don't have to be strong, but um, the three points are if you've got stability with a good kick, then that'll give you coordination of the other two things. Coordination, firstly, of the second point being a paused front arm with a good body roll and a good balance. In other words, the second point is good body position. Um, And the third thing, that kick, the first thing being the kick, affecting the third thing as well. Your third thing being if you can coordinate through the paused on reach and then a gradual acceleration into a pull, so it's only really fast at the back of your stroke. Um, Anything that will teach that... um, which I'll give you a list of um, things in a second, really you can put together into your own different sets um, and come up with your own different things that you believe in. So, you know, you've probably got more chance of, of wanting to do them because you can see the relevance for you. Mm. Um, if you know you have bad ankle flexibility or your, your flexibility in your shoulders is, is poor, then that would be the first thing I'd do before getting into a, into a session. Um, so that could be 10 to 15, even 20 minutes of, of a session that you're going to do over winter where you want to focus on the stuff. 
then I'd probably get in there and with and without fins do a little bit of alternating work. Um, you might do a 100 metres kick with fins, feel the, um, your ankles bend around. Hopefully, the, you know, if you're using short, stiff fins, it'll make your ankles bend a bit more. Then use that into maybe a couple of lengths of faster kick over maybe single lengths without flippers. Um, and try and take the feeling you felt from the fins and the way they bent your ankles around and try and use that to feel the same feeling. We'll just start. So we just got cut off there from Hayden and we're just going to resume where we were before. So you've been stretching your an- ankles on the side of the pool. Yep, yep. So you're stretching your ankles out, you're um, stretching your shoulders out so you can develop a better boat shape. And then um, with and without fins, um, if you do some kick in the water, it's a really good... Um, set to go through. If you go through 100 metres of kick with fins and then maybe 225s of sprint kick without fins, eventually over the 100 then the 225s if you do it three times, you should end up getting the feeling that you've got from um, kicking with a pair of fins that will help you feel your ankles bend and then try and search for the same feeling without. Do that two or three times and you're more likely to get a good feeling of that and then be able to put it into your uh, your stroke work. Um, Then I'd go through a little bit of... um, a bit of side kick, anything that helps you remind yourself of what a good, maybe even exaggerated um, body position that you're going to glide in would be. A couple of hundred with that, fins or not, completely up to you. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go through and do um, initially some single lengths of really exaggerated DPS where you're trying to get your strokes down over 25. From If you're, uh, if you're using fins, probably between 8 and 10 strokes or without fins, aiming for around about 13, that would be a good exaggeration for most people. So you might do 8.25s with a bit of a rest at each end after that. And then based on whatever you end up averaging for that set of, say, 8.25s, 10 seconds rest, you might try and reset a goal for a continuous four, uh, 200 and see if you can keep even the worst stroke count within... Uh, say three strokes from whatever the previous set was, and if you if you you know get a few sets like that, put them together, maybe go through them twice. So you know just develop your own session that might take 40 to 50 minutes, and as long as you know it's working on the fundamentals and you can end up um, a feeling something different and recognizing uh, a feeling in the water you may not have felt before. Conduct, uh, construct some sets that you know are going to make a definite difference in either your, your fundamental flexibility levels, your kicking ability, your ability to find a body position, um, and then actually try and outwork it with some definite stroke count sets over maybe 25s and then a continuous swim, and maybe just you know do it a couple of times in a session, and there you've got a session which should make a reasonably good fundamental difference to your ability to um, drop your strokes. So... Um just with regards to kicking, should people be kicking yeah. um, you know, on their front with a kickboard, on their side, on their back, or does it not really matter too much? Well, um, there's kind of two, two issues there. If you're, um, if you're kicking for body position, yep. then um, you want to do something like side kick. Side kick, whether you're breathing or not, as long as the body position is good and you, you learn something, you can isolate something that allows you to take that body position and put it into your freestyle tangibly, then it doesn't really matter. But if you're doing kick for um, flexibility's sake with a pair of short, stiff fins, which are definitely going to bend your ankles when you kick with them, um, it's generally easier to feel your ankles bend on your back, but you'll be able to exert more pressure by kicking on your front on a board. But again, if you're doing it for fitness or you're doing it for um, flexibility, it doesn't really matter whether you're doing it on a board with your head right out of the um, water um, or whether you're doing it um, 
you know, in a good or a bad body position specifically, it's still going to be in your ankles. So as long as that's happening and you're trying to achieve that with the set, then it doesn't really matter what body position and with or without a board you're in. But again, if you're uh, if you're using it as a drill to isolate a body position, then you really do need to be doing um, some head down, no board, um, in a in a side kick body position, something kind of like that. Nice. Is, is there anything else you sort of want to add in terms of what we've been discussing today? Any other points you might have? Um, well, yeah, I think if, if anybody really is kind of serious about making um, a difference on their efficiency in the water, it does, it does take a lot of trust and um, it can take time. So um, I think really the best time to be able to work on the stuff if you know you've got poor fundamental levels of flexibility and your kicking's not good, it really wants to be something you don't want to frustrate yourself with in season. You probably want to wait till winter's um, come around and um, you've got time to muck around with the whole thing and uh, actually work on those core issues. And I'll, I'll give an example. There was a guy called Brennan um, Ford. Hopefully he doesn't listen to you guys because <laughs> he'll be ringing me up and <laughs> giving me shit. But this guy was he was quite he was quite phenomenal actually. He was one of the few people. Um, I've seen with terrible flexibility. The guy came to me and the guy could only just lift his arms um, above the height of his head. He had his elbows locked and his hands together. It was, it was absolutely, it was just, it was a tugboat design basically. And I said to him, look mate, you know, it's really good that you want to put your money with your mouth. Yeah, he, uh, it was quite funny because when he came to me, um, his, his, his flexibility was just terrible. But um, what ended up happening was he did go away. He, he took the um, recommendations on board, which, you you know, not that you're being negative, but you do get a little bit, um, uh, uh, not negative, but you know what I mean. Yeah, a little bit not doing reluctant things. to think that someone's going to go away and do it. He went away. He went to yoga consistently for about nine, ten months, came back and saw me. And um, the guy had only swum, literally, he said he hadn't been in the pool. He had been in the pool maybe for three or four times in nine, ten months. And that fourth time he got in, after all the flexibility on his ankles and his arms that he'd done, he took eight minutes off his 1,500-meter oh. time. And, I mean, that's... So, I mean, he didn't start pretty fast. He was sitting on 36 minutes, yeah. and he brought it down to 28. But it was just, it's, it's a really good testament to the fact that when you change the shape that you travel through the water in, the power output doesn't need to be as great. In fact, it can actually go backwards. You can get less fit and still get faster, and that oh. takes a lot of trust. So I think, you know, if you've got to work on that fundamental stuff, let yourself work on it and do it properly, but do it over winter. And then whether it's good or bad, all you need to focus on over... Um, over summer, I think if um, if you just really focus on continuing trying to bring your stroke counts down for that 70% of your weekly program, which is easy, and then um, just keep on mixing in a um, a balance of uh, threshold sets and also your um, um, you know a bit of speed work just to balance the whole thing out, you should actually end up getting some pretty good results. Because objectively, if your strokes are going down on your easy stuff, something must be changing, especially if you're not going any slower. Yeah. So there you have it. So if, if people obviously are in the North Island, um, what are you sort of up to in Auckland in, in terms of your hurry program if they want to come down and see you? Um, any news of what we're doing in Auckland at the moment? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, well, actually, we've, we've got some pretty big plans. We've, um, we've just been given, um, and this is not the big plans, but I'll start with this first. We've just been given um, some lane space at Parnell Bards at night. Nice. And um, I think that's going to be massive. They've um, put in a couple more lanes, and uh, that means that we're going to have seven lanes. So at night, the public are going to get four. We're going to be um, able to utilise up to three lanes at night. So I think we're going to see some pretty cool outdoor swimming in, the, um, in that historic 
60 meter pool down at Parnell. Right. So I'm kind of looking forward to that because I'll probably be coaching it personally. And um, good times out in the summer, I'll probably end up having to jump in myself a bit. Yep. But, um, <laughs> but uh, also, Johnny, you'll um, find this interesting. I want to come down and, and um, spend a bit of time with you uh, and uh, maybe even Lincoln somehow initially, eventually with what we're planning on doing up here. We've already got um, six of the key sponsors that we're, um, we're looking into already signed up. We're, um, we're going to go larger on run groups. Right. So there you go. Future Dreams is branching out into what will be known. It's going to go live in about three to four weeks, cityrun.co.nz. Okay. So um, I can send you the, um, the page to that later and uh, you can give me some feedback on that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Bring yeah. it on. And so obviously people, what, people can still get your CD through the site, futuredreams.co.nz, to get hold of your, uh, your swim CD. Yep. We can indeed. Anything else happening in the yep. world of Hayden? Um, no, no marriages yet. Had to, send the, um, had to send the girlfriend back to Denmark, so... It's still on. It's still on. It, it's still on, man. Yeah, no, I haven't, haven't quite got the stuff sorted out as much as you have there, Johnny. Yeah. But, Kevin, uh, you're not married yet, are you? I'm a single man, mate. I'm a single man. It's a dangerous world. Single man. Dude, I'm going to have to come down and it'll be dangerous, eh? We'll tear up, tear up across your chin. That's the one, mate. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I know the listeners get a lot um, when, when they hear you talk, so thanks very much for for sharing so much of your time yep. and um, we'll look good. to catch up with you sometime in the future yep. bring on bring on Christchurch mate with the single man so we've got a few questions coming through and last week on the show uh, I brought up how have there ever been because that guy did every Ironman ever didn't he yes and he had done Kentucky as well yeah, yeah. yeah. and um was saying, I just wondered if there had ever been Iron Men that had been taken off the calendar. Mm. And the Iron Man Talk community, as great as it, was, as it is, came back and delivered, didn't it? It did. And uh, Jolly Rogers? He said, Iron Man Utah was cancelled after one race in 2002 when somebody died during the swim. Really? Mm, they had really uh, r- rough conditions. and they, they I think it was cancelled two years, wasn't it? I Someone think it was said. a half one year and it got cancelled, maybe. Yeah. And in the second year they did a full or something like that. And, and the conditions then, were just crazy. And they sent them out to swim and somebody died, so wow. that was a pretty good reason not to go back. What happens in that situation with race organiser? Well, if you're in America, I'd hate to think. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? Uh, from, well, you say that one. Francois Xavier. Xavier. Uh, uh, France moved from... Gérard Mier to, to Ooh, Nice. Oh, Gérard Mier. Racing Gérard Mier. I was the 1999 Gérard Mier Sprint Triathlon Champion. Well, there you go. Mm. I'm an honour of greatness. I'm yes. I'm an of greatness. Uh, and then Paul from Paul Bashford. Uh, I'm in California. Went to 70.3. Yeah, I, I don't even recall there being an Ironman California, but apparently yeah. there was. Yeah. And then lastly, the half, Ironman UK half moved from North Wales. Down to uh, down to Dorset. Is it Dorset, is it? Yep. So yeah. there's been a few races that have moved around, but, um, and, and, you know, with, with regards to Utah, yes, it got cancelled, but it, then it sort of just kind of moved, moved, yeah. moved to a different area. So, yeah, so there has been a few uh, cancellations. So I wonder changes. if that guy did those ones. That's a good point, actually. Mm, mm, mm. That's, in, that's incredible. That's interesting. Anyway, um, Kevin Kunkel sent us through an email this week, and he's saying he loves the show, which we love. He's done Louisville. What's he saying? He's basically qualified for Kona, which is awesome. Yeah. But he did it in Louisville, and so he's like, whoa, how can I do two Ironmen in six weeks and kind of still make it a good experience? Yeah, so it's obviously been a couple of weeks since, since Louisville, but um, one of the important things is... Uh, 
you know, you've you've had uh, a taper, so we've really got to get a bit like Bella said last week. You do need to get straight back into the um, the training, but low intensity, light running, um, just just for a couple of weeks, just to make sure you're recovered, but you're not going to lose any more fitness. Um, and then I really think you just got to do three weeks of pretty normal training, making sure you're getting in some uh, a decent couple of decent over distance rides in there, and probably a half Ironman simulation at half Ironman pace, no, half Ironman simulation at Ironman pace. So I think that's the key time is that middle three weeks that you do need to crank out some decent training, and then probably a slight, you know, obviously this is all a bit personal preference, but I'd say a shorter taper because um, hopefully you'll be, you know, you've had a taper into Louisville, uh, and then a bit of recovery times. So hopefully you won't be. Too, too cooked, so I'd probably say a seven to ten day taper. Uh, you need to be pretty careful with your with regards to your running between races because that's one area where you will still be fatigued and it'll take a while to, to recover from that. And I think the other thing you need to do now is also just work on the, some different aspects in terms of your Kona prep, so wearing some extra clothing, um, increasing your hydration rates um, when you're training so you can train your stomach to absorb that extra fluid you're going to require in Kona. And probably listen to the interview we did with Melina a few weeks ago, and uh, and probably go back and listen to our Kona Super Specials last year for a few extra tips there in terms of specific race prep. And finally, probably do a bit of analysis from your recent um, race in uh, was it Kentucky, and uh, and tr- try to figure out what you learned there about yourself and about your racing performance and how you can perhaps improve that in Kona. What's, what are some of the real big mistakes you could make? Uh, Doing too much, I think going out there and doing a lot of running, you need to be probably a bit careful of that. Yep. And I think the big mistake is probably taking too much time after, off after Louisville. You know, um, although you probably wouldn't make the mistake, most people would be too keen, wouldn't they? Possibly, but some people might still take a couple of weeks completely off, and I yep. say that might be, you know, just could be a bit careful about that. And it also kind of depends what you want to get out of Kona. If you, you know, it is difficult to peak again six weeks later, yep. um, but you, you can hopefully sort of maintain. Unless you're the big man. Unless you're the big man, he yeah. can just race and race and race. Yeah. So there's a few tips for you. Nice, good work. Uh, David Yelland uh, is basically saying he's been injured and he's getting a little bit frustrated with it, but it looks like it's going to be okay. He's saying he's got another two weeks off the bike, so he's wondering if we had any tips on things that we can do when you can't actually train. Swim and run. Swim and <laughs> run. Can you yeah, run? I think so. I mean, that's the thing. That's the beauty of triathlon is if you can't, do one discipline, just go off and focus on the other two and, and don't get too stressed about it. I've got a guy that listens to the show who is training up for Kona and we're obviously pretty close to the race. He had to have about a week and a half off um, off riding and uh, wasn't too stressful. You know, he just did lots more swimming, lots more running and he's back on the bike now and he's sweet. Nice. So, uh, yeah, just swim and run lots. Okay. Um, oh, no, I've already done it. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Yes. Okay. You've said hi to Darren? Yeah, I said hi to Darren. Yep. <laughs> well, because he, he came to our RPM pass the other morning and I'd go, hey mate, and, and he'd never done RPM before, and he yeah. was just like, oh, you've got Ben from my man talk, and I was like, back it up. Yeah, he gets so, special attention, he'd give, give, give him a few And he had new shoes. Yeah. Oh, he was working hard too, I was loving that. Hopefully he got him off tribys. Yeah, well, that's exciting. That was a great lead on, mate. Yeah. Tribys.com, one of our first sponsors, because I've got some new shoes off tribys. Yes. So John and I went on and ordered some stuff the other day, last week, was it? Yeah. And uh, already got it. Awesome. Awesome. And awesome, great experience. Great Loved experience, it. and you guys have got a good opportunity to go on there this week. There is a special on yeah, this week. great special. 20% off wetsuits. 20% off wetsuits. Now, you need a code, and John's going to tell us that right now. Iron Man Talk 77. Oh, it's so because the show's 77. 77. So you just go through the shopping process, get your, uh, order your wetsuit. When you go, go to the shopping cart, there'll be a place where you can put in your coupon code or something uh, like that, and you put in Iron Man Talk 77, you get 20% discount. 
you're away laughing. It's a great time to be wearing a wetsuit. Yeah. And really was, you know, like we ordered our stuff last week, got it this week, and, you know, great, you know, the product we know, it's a great product. And, uh, yeah, it's a okay. really good experience. So, you know, go on there, check it out. And, um, like I said, can't be 20% off generally. And as we've said all the way along is... They've launched a site, not not for us, but uh, basically you guys are the ones that know Come about Come on, they've launched it for us. We've aimed it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just go go through the experience and, and give them feedback on, on, on the site, on its usability, yep. and uh, and let them know because they're going to be doing their big, huge, big launch uh, in October time, and they want to make sure that everything's 100%. And, and a few of you guys have actually been sending it through to us, so that's great. Yeah, and you guys are getting the the, the benefit of, a, of discounts, so um, give them a little bit of support as well in terms of some feedback trybuys.com okay athlinks.com and uh, we've got a, the, the Romeo and Juliet story do you want to tell us a bit on more on on. Ro- Juliet has moved across to the UK back it up that's full on from the US yep. so Romeo and Juliet now are officially an item together living so together that's pretty full on that is pretty full on and you know what I think they're going to do I'm in UK no they're going to do Road Together Road Together next year yeah possibly come on the, uh, the camp in France yeah so if we do that we can have like a meet Romeo and Juliet stand. Gosh. <laughs> get married at the stand. That's a good point. That's a good point. Get married at the finish line. Mike Riley, would you be out? Mike Riley could be the... Oh, he won't uh, be in road. He won't be in road, but whoever the... I could do it. You could do it. I could do it. You I just got to make sure I finish before no, them. No, you could get your... Um, become a registrar or whatever you call it. Yeah, I can. I can do that. Yeah, there you go. Ceremony something. A ceremony, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. F-Links, look at my rivals. Look who I've got here. Glenn Russell. Glenn. I, I think you've probably got a good record against Glenn. I've taken Glenn out. I love Glenbo. He's over in he's Omar, isn't he? Yeah. He's over in and John Newsom. Be a pity me, so I won't bring you up. Wow. No, you will be. You haven't claimed all your your. Uh, I've only got two results up there. No, I've got more than that. Nelson Sprint try two thousand. Yeah, How'd you go on that one. I won that one. Did you? Yep. Champion took down uh, Tony O'Hagan. I think. Oh, yeah, he was nothing. Weak. Weak. So, uh, yeah, Athlinks, so it's a good way to check out for your mates. You know what really works with Athlinks? If you actually get your mates into it. So I, I imagine you have people who don't listen to Iron Man talk. Probably only a couple. Yeah. But if you do, get them onto Athlinks, because this is where it really works, is you've got all your mates on there. You see what you have. You can give each other a bit of shit, and it's, it's all good fun. Yeah, so you go on, and you can just uh, go to your... Uh my friends, or you can, and you can invite new people to it. Oh, I've got a button actually up there. Invitations. You can yep. put lots of email addresses in one go, and just send a, a mass email out to everybody, and uh, and they can join up. Twenty thousand race results, and then you can compare yourself against one another. Okay. And lastly, our favourite coffee in the world, coffees of, of Hawaii. Hawaii. I was grinding a bit of coffee up last night. Were you mate? Found some beans up, and it was uh, aroma was going through the house. Oh. Went to pick up pick up Thomas, and Bloom's going, yeah, stink of coffee. <laughs> So Thomas is addicted to coffee already. <laughs> That's sensational. The old um, we got because people have been listening about my coffee chips. Mm-hmm. It's actually, Albert and I have been talking about it. Yeah, and we're going to, he's going to, that's the next product line. <laughs> and uh, and someone actually said we should put coffee, chocolate, chocolate chips. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard those before? I haven't, but I, I've seen them around, and I think that'd be a, that'd be a nice addition. Well, to that's the funny thing because I normally don't like coffee flavored things, but those I was loving the chips. Oh, nice. So let's do a product. Come on, where are we going? Buy online. Buy online. Island blends. Unroasted, cups and saucers, apparel. Um, let's go for uh, 100% Molokai coffee. 100% Molokai coffee. Come on then, come on then, the website. So this is great coffee. <laughs> this is the website's taking forever. Oh, that's because it's got so many beautiful pictures. No, it's because it's it's you've got a crappy yeah. internet service provider. Oh man, it breaks my heart. Here we go. Oh, Hawaiian espresso Monaco style. Yeah. Savor the dark roasted beans in a single or double shot espresso. Or as a gusto of a caf latte mocha cappuccino or American or caf americano. What's americano? You guess it's good. 
<laughs> means you got it in America. Yeah, it's an American coffee. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, it's it's good quality coffee. You know, it's not good quality. It's fantastic quality. It's the coffee. Be- Honestly, mate, you pull this out when the mates come around, mm. and we have to check out with Albert to see whether he's going to be in Kona again this year. I'm sure he'll be racing um, as to whether they're going to have a stand, and then you can go and uh, check it out in Kona. Yeah, as well. totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I know they were there uh, either last year or the year before. No, because so. remember, Cam Brown was having it last year. Exactly. Yeah, so totally. so. Oh, we'll if be you there. like coffee, that's boys whatever you don't know. It's their thing, isn't it? Their crew. Eh? Mm-hmm. Always go to Kona. Get on coffeesofhawaii.com. Reduce shipping rates um, around the world now. Thirteen bucks to most places. And uh, remember to join up the coffee club. You get some discounts and stuff from there. Money well spent. And uh, it is money well spent. Just uh, for ourselves, um, if you want to go and buy anything on Amazon, which I actually did. Yeah. Again, shipping from America is great nowadays. Eh? Oh, yeah. I bought two books on Amazon on Thursday. They arrived mm. on Monday, mm. and I didn't even pay for faster shipping. Mm. So nice. I, was, I was well impressed. Um, so if you're going to buy anything from Amazon, uh, just go through our Amazon, our store page on our website. Also, a few times I've said about putting an ad up to email to your mate, and I've never got around to doing it. This week I've done it. Finally. So on the website, go on the website, there's a, just a little email that you can copy, paste, send as an email to someone who you think could listen to the show, and uh, we'd love it if you could do that, because nice. we want the community to be bigger. Cool. John's looking at his watch. And I'm just looking, I'm just checking, I'm going out riding. I've, I've got, you got, I've got, got 20 got, minutes. I've got, I've got five minutes. You've <laughs> <laughs> got 20, because you've got to... Got to make sure I'm on time. I'm usually a, bit, a little bit late, and I don't want to let the boys down. Okay, okay. So anyway, what are you up to? What are you up to this week? Oh, what am I up to? You, you beat me. Yeah. What am I up to this week? I am... What are you up to this week? I'll think about it while you're up to. I'm about to go out for a ride, my weekly Long Bay's ride every Tuesday. I'm yep. doing my sort of 75K. It's my long ride for the week. Yep. And after that, I haven't got too much planned this week, I don't think. Come on, this could be I'm something. on Thomas duty tomorrow, all tomorrow afternoon. How often? What's the longest period you're having by yourself? Well, all of the afternoon, probably about five hours tomorrow. Oh, that's hard yards, eh? Got to get that bottle out, give them a bit of uh, get the defrost the ice cubes in the, uh, the freezer. Yep. And uh, I'm just been dragged back into work for half a day. Oh, really? The workers pleading for her to come back. So really? she's come back to doing a half day to help them out. Mm. And that's about You got anything on for the weekend? Who'd you party on the weekend? I did party, party hard. Did you party hard, did you? No, I didn't. Come on. No. You're a party animal. I am, but... When uh, you go out of Newsome, oh, look out. <laughs> look out. No, nothing else exciting plan. I'm sticking on my program. I'm, I'm cranking it up to 13. I did 13 hours last week, and I'm going to maintain that this week. Nice. I'm back in the saddle. Man, watch out. I, uh, my daughter had a dance performance. Mm. I was very proud parent. Very good. Yeah, because she was like the main person. Mm. She was like the main person doing all the bits. She does this flippy crap, honestly. Oh, it's, it's just unbelievable. Flippy crap. Oh, she does this thing where she's on her elbows on the ground, and then she flicks her legs over her body, and the elbows are still on the ground. Nice. And then comes up and stands out of it. Impressive. That is, it's madness. Maybe she could take over your job at Les Mills. And be well, happy. I tried to do something in class that she does, and I just about broke my back, so I'm <laughs> stopping that straight away. What else have I got on this weekend? I'm actually partying as well, because oh, okay. the rugby, it's rugby time, isn't it? It is. You've been watching rugby? I've uh, been watching, I didn't, well, we watched a little bit of that game against Portugal, but... I think I said after the first try, it's yeah, yeah. it pretty boring. Yeah. And, uh, and how, 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 I hope England are feeling good after that shellacking. <laughs> shellacking by the Springboks. <laughs> well, that's not good, because Springboks, you don't want them dominating. No, we'll see them in the final, we'll take them down. Yeah, but other than that, there's not much happening. I'm still single, everyone wants to hear about my singles, I've got a few emails saying, what's happening with your single life? Oh. So single. There's no one on the horizon, guys. <laughs> it's, it's a bit depressing, to be honest. No, no, I'm actually enjoying the single life. So there you go. Yeah. It's not depressing at all. I don't need someone else to bring up myself. <laughs> Very good. Righty hard. Okay, then here we go. Iron rusts. Iron men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.